Unless they pay him enough to just go away. That's yeah. possible. Or do other things to make him go away. It is the PIF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shark attack. <laughs> Welcome back to the Unrestricted Vex, the Bulldog, R.C. Carnahan, and Bob. What's up, y'all? We got a new world champ. We do, and it's the Denver Nuggets, man. First time, last time? For, it's not going to be their last time, but it is their first time. Look, they, they just destroyed the Heat. I can't believe how many people really felt like the Heat were going to be in this series at any point. What did I predict? Five boat, games. Boat race. Yeah, boat race, five games. The and gentleman that, sweep. That, yep. For, that game could have gone a different way. Yeah. It could have. It looked the, like the kind of game the Heat usually steal for a minute. Well, it, I mean, the the Nuggets were cold as ice yeah. from everywhere outside, like the paint. That's yep. a great song. And you're as cold as ice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Willing to sacrifice your love. This musical interlude brought to you by uh, Walk Radio. Yeah, and then and then they started to hit. And man, was that game physical. Yes, it was. And it almost was like the referees were like, uh, you boys, just don't bring in the chair. It reminded me of, um, historically, of a lot of game sevens where everybody's tight and the game just kind of turns into a rock fight and it gets extra physical and the game isn't won by shooting or by necessarily skill. It's won by the little plays. Like I'm thinking specifically of Bruce Brown's offensive rebound and then put oh back. Oh, my God, yeah. How good was that? That's how that game got won. And like Michael Porter Jr., you mentioned he was ice-cold shooting, but he hit one, one big three from the left wing mm-hmm. that I think was a huge bucket and turning point in that game. And he made a bunch of little plays cutting to the rim last night where it was definitely his best game of the series in a series where his coach had benched him you know, in crunch time and did so again last night. But, like, it was won by the little things, making the little plays. I yeah. mean, look, the final score looks like a game from, what, 2001, mm-hmm. 1998? Mm-hmm. I mean, good night. And, and yeah, and it was close up until probably five, six minutes, it seemed like, at the end, where Denver did run out, and then Miami was chasing. Yeah, and then you have the Jimmy Butler, two consecutive threes, and then fouled on a three. And it's like, oh, this game is not over. That, that, wasn't a that foul. was not a foul. Uh, no shit. As a matter of fact, <laughs> he kicked that dude in the dick. Yes. Van Gundy As a matter and, of fact. Van Gundy and Mark Jackson go, I don't know. That could be a flagrant the other way for kicking the dude in the huevos. <laughs> And Adebayo and Jokic, I, I was expecting Vince McMahon to come out and say, let's get ready to rumble. Those two were so out of gas that they were just in a wrestling match. <laughs> Did you yeah. see, like, the celebration and all that jazz, they, they show a close-up of Jokic's hands. They're all cut to shit. Oh, his forearms. His I don't know hands. whether it's because he's so doughy-looking, but he comes out of every game with just huge scratches. And maybe it's just more visible on his skin. But yes, I did notice that. He was all bass like, what happened? Like he, got he, a fight with a, he got in a fight with a cat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jokic is so cool. He's and and I think we can definitely say he's the best player in the league. I don't think the league wants to say that. But he is. Yeah. He is. And if you're starting your franchise tomorrow to win a championship for next season, he's your first draft pick. Mm-hmm. Is he not? It's got to be. So, you know, whether he's the MVP or not, He's the best player in the league. 
And Denver did a great job of building out the team around him. Already mentioned Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Does Contavious Caldwell-Pope look like he's going to make every single open three? He just doesn't look like he's going to miss. Now, he did last night, but what? No, I just... <clears throat> you gave me a funny look. I just had a leaker. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, they did a great job of building out that roster. Aaron Gordon seems to be like the perfect muse for Jokic. And the Jokic-Murray pick and roll, when the game got stagnant, when there was really nothing else to do for Denver, they just said, okay, we're playing our two-man game. Miami's going to have to figure out how to guard it. Miami decided to switch it, which I thought was a little bit crazy because they wound up with a smaller player guarding Jokic inside 15 feet from the bucket, and Jokic did just enough, made just enough of those one-on-one buckets to, to, to get over the hump and win this game, right? I mean, he took Caleb Martin to the rack, right? And Miami refused to send a double team, and, you know, that's how the game was won. Yeah. Congratulations to them. Yeah, I no. like. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and 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 hats off to Miami for putting up a fight with a squad that, top to bottom, wasn't as good as the Denver Nuggets. No doubt about it. Top to bottom, they weren't as good as eighty percent of the teams in the playoffs. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, for real, their <laughs> roster doesn't look like it. You're not, but scared. they just happen to win games. Yeah, against good teams. I mean, let's not J- forget they beat the Bucks. For God's sakes. All we do is win, win, win. I can't sing. As Don't, well as yeah, Don't do it. Leave it to him. You're, you're offending Vanilla Ice. So Bill Simmons, the, the great writer and, and, and former ESPN guy, says that this Nuggets team is the best championship team that he's seen in five years. So since the Warriors of 2018. I, I believe that. I mean, I think they're better than Milwaukee last year. I do think they're better. I, I do think they're better than all those teams in that five year span. But then, as as is normal, I get the text messages from my Spurs fans that say, What would this team do against our fourteen team? Yeah. Well, and we talked about this a little bit before the show. Jokovic says, you know, I pattern how I play with Tim and the teams when they had the big three. There's a lot of parallels there. I mean, Jokic is not on his last leg the way Duncan was in 14, but the way they run concentrically around Jokic at the top of the key reminds me very much of the way the Spurs did it with Timmy, you know, the dribble handoffs, and it just seems to always be clicking and moving, you know, (laughs) guys running in circles around Tim Duncan slash Jokic. Yeah, there is a lot of similarity in the – just the visual of the way they play. But I'm here to tell you, they do not beat the Spurs of 14. Nah. Do not forget Kawhi Leonard was on that team. Mm-hmm. And not yet the Kawhi Leonard who, you know, spaces out and misses games and whatever else. Like, that was the good Kawhi, right? That right. was Boris Diaw. Like, I don't know who... I, Aaron Gordon versus Boris Diaw? Question mark? I don't know, man. That'd be fun to watch. Uh, Manu Ginobili against Bruce Brown and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Taking Manu all day. I think I like Manu. Now, the, Yo- the, the Jokic versus Duncan thing, Jokic in his prime, Duncan on his last leg, I'd, I'd pay to see it, okay? I would pay to see Jamal Murray against Tony Parker. Wow. <laughs> Speed versus shooting prowess, I would pay to see it. 
It's re- it'd be so cool. You know, this is the time machine that we all wish we could jump into. But I'm here to tell you, no, I don't think they're beating the Spurs in 14. Yeah, and, and going the other way in the time machine, all these yahoos out there, they're talking about a Denver 3 and and Dynasty and all that. Slow your roll there, Cowboys. I mean, they're set up with the potential to possibly do it, but let's just see it play out. Well, oh, of course. There's I 31 mean, other teams in the NBA. You can't crown them yet. I mean, there's there's an offseason to come where Bruce Brown is a unrestricted free agent. I don't know if they get to keep him. Um, yeah, you we, know, Denver has decisions to make like every other team yeah, in the league. We can't crown the Denver Nuggets as a dynasty, but Victor Wimignon is going to be Rookie of the Year and a Hall of Famer. That's absolutely that, that true. That will do. That's absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. We can do that. We can do that. No, it, it, crowning him as a three-peat is, is silly, but, you know, they're kind of a made team. Once you get your championship, you are sort of a made team. Like, don't expect them to not get calls next year in the playoffs. They're going to get them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like being in the bar and holding off going to the bathroom. And once you do, you got to go back to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> That's exactly how I thought. Uh, Was this. that the analogy you were going to make? <laughs> That's Yeah. Yeah. It's just like it's he just like that. Before you can say it, always stealing my thunder with his hot takes. You know, it's pretty crazy. Last week we left this podcast with you asking me a question, Richie. Well, let's let's go for it. That question being now, what did the Spurs do? Yes. Okay. Now, what did the Spurs do? Because season's over. Twenty second, first pick, Scoot Henderson. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, it's my God. Victor. Who who was the Yahoo on ESPN that, that speculated that the Spurs should trade Victor Wimbignana out and get a haul of first-round picks? I have no idea, but that's a buffoon. I know. Yeah, that's not happening. It's going to be Victor next week when the draft happens. No doubt about it. Now the question becomes, how do you fill, fill out a team around him? How How pressed are you? to make sure that you're a competitive team right off the bat. Because there's two schools of thought. If you, if, if you sit Victor Wimbignana next year for any amount of time and you kind of pseudo-tank and you get yourself another lottery pick that goes on the same timeline as Victor Wimbignana, it's interesting, right? That's plan A, right? Or A plan. The second plan is you use your free agent money this summer you go after guys who are proven veterans, you build out around him, and you, you, you basically take yourself out of next year's lottery and put yourself into playoff contention in year one. Now, I don't think there's a bad option between the two. There's another option. What's that? Use the draft capital that they have and whatever they have on the team that is tradable, go back into the first round. This year. This year. Yeah, you're right. That is that is definitely another option. Get your point guard. So you've heard some rumors about that. I have. What's the rumor? Well, they're not going to have enough to, to get back below 6-7 and, and get Scoot. That's no. not going to happen. No, there's no nothing they can do to trade with Portland to get Scoot. But there's a possibility that they can get to 8-9-10 and grab Anthony Wright out of Arkansas. Anthony Black? That's what I meant. Anthony Wright. Anthony <laughs> Black. Anthony Black. Yeah. He's a Texas boy. Yeah. Where in Texas? Coached by David Peavy. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. 
former Alamo Heights graduate, absolutely. Won a state title up there. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, he's the real McCoy. He's he big. Is, he is big. He is a six, seven and a half point guard who flies to the rim, finishes with either hand, has great teammate skills, excellent, um, excellent passer, really good defensively when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, he cannot shoot at this stage of his career, but a lot of 18, 19 year olds can't. Um, his fundamentals are okay. Like, I think you put him in a gym with whoever the Spurs' new shooting guy is. And, yeah, I would love that. Are you kidding me? Dra- trade back in, use the draft capital. Maybe you let go of Keldon Johnson or somebody like that, and you wind up getting Anthony Black to build on the same timeline as Victor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love that. Well, you've got a starting lineup of Victor, Black, Sochan, Vassell, and Collins. Yeah. That's problems. And you still have the cap space. Right. To spend. And that's, okay, so here's option B. If Chris Paul gets bought out and you only have to pay $15 million per year and you give Chris Paul two years, $15 million, and you say, hey, brother, come on down, be our point guard with Mr. Victor throwing a bunch of alley-oops like you've been doing your whole career, and then you spend the rest of your cap money, cap space, on Brooke Lopez, and to me, Brooke Lopez is, is the key. You get yourself a real center who spreads the floor, same as Victor Wimbanyama. But he can shoot also. He can shoot, yeah, spreads it that way. But he's also a defensive player of the year kind of candidate in the, in the middle where he deflects shots. Potentially, he holds down that part of Victor's game that he's not great at which is going against the most physical of the big guys in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez is a key. I promise you the Spurs are going to throw money at him. He's going to want a lot of money. Cause is it That's this fine. His- $20, 25000000 million for two years? Give it to him. You think he's going to want more than two years? Well, maybe he, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But, like, you give him enough money up front, he's going to be like, okay, fine. I mean, I can't get that from anybody else. No state taxes. Yeah, exactly. I get to play with Victor. Pop. Pop, who he played for on an Olympic team. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Brooke Lopez is a key. A key. That's what, just that's what I would do. What about Van Fleet? <sighs> Defensive liability. A little too much offense. A little too much shoot-first mentality for me. Not necessarily a great passer. Probably not the guy I would go after. Probably not. All right. uh, would it surprise me if he was the guy the Spurs settled on? No, not really. But he wouldn't be my first choice. So do you think they're going to go aggressive? Or do you think they're just going to get Victor and, and play the old wait and see? Because I don't know if Pop's got time to wait and see. I don't think he has time to wait to see. And here is the second part of this conversation, which I have not heard brought up anywhere else, which is that the collective bargaining agreement ends this summer, Right. And the new one kicks in next year, and all of the rules change. Yeah, more money. Well, yes, more money. But the rules surrounding trades, Richard, changes very much, where you can't aggregate contracts. Let's say you're a $50 million player, okay? I can't, if I'm the Spurs, add up Devin Vassell plus Dougie McBuggets plus Zach Collins to equal your $50 million player. That rule goes kaput. 
Mm. So if you're going to make the, the trade splash this summer, or if you're going to make the trade splash, this summer's the summer to make it. Got it. Yeah. So I kind of think the Spurs are going to go all in. They have to. I think they're going to go balls deep, and I don't see why they shouldn't. You got this, Victor. You, you got, yeah, you won the lottery. Go for it. Yeah. Right? I mean, we know how Tim did when he first came in the league. And by the way, there is so much pressure on this kid around San Antonio to do what Tim did. And if he's listening, which he ain't, if he's listening, Victor, nobody expects you to be Tim right away. Like, Tim was a four-year college guy. You are 18. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody with more than a peanut for their for their brain expects them to be that. But we have a lot of peanut brain fans in Spurs land. Yeah, well, we're all pie in the sky to some degree. But there are there are expert analysts who say we expect Victor to be the best player in the league by his third season. There are people who say that. I, that even that is lofty to me. I mean, I, I mean, you still have Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. I mean, wow. Really? I wish the professionals would be a little bit more measured and say he has the potential to be. Yeah. We can project him to be. Not he will be. Yeah. But just because he does have the potential to will be. And all the work he's done on making sure his lower limbs are going to be good and stable and durable is great. And I believe all of that. But he's still seven foot five in socks. He had a 19 point nice stat line game yesterday because you know his team is still playing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nice, nice stat line. His team lost. The highlights that I watched of him yesterday, holy Moses, there's some stuff that he does that is, it, yeah. it's, it's beyond freakish. But, but that team wasn't built to. That team, its primary purpose isn't to win. The Metropolitans, that's not their primary purpose. They were constructed to prepare Victor for the NBA. That's a fact. That's the reason why that team was constructed. That's a fact. Yep. Uh, and, they're, and they're losing, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I can't believe he's still playing. It's actually a, a big feather in his cap that he hasn't just said, look, peace. <laughs> I'm going to be the number one pick. I'm going to go get a whole lot of money. An injury right now would really derail me. I'm going to keep playing. Do the Spurs tell him on the 23rd of June, maybe ramp that stuff off? Yeah, I think it ends right about then, by the way. Like, I think there's only like two weeks left. Well, we got to get him into camp. Yeah, and there's no chance I'm letting him play Summer League. No. No chance. He's playing with us this summer. Of course he is. In Las Vegas. Yeah, but I would not let him play in Vegas. You wouldn't? No way. Absolutely zero chance. He's just come off this long playoff, you know, run for the Metropolitans. No way. No way. Zero chance. He's not playing. Just get him just get him to the training facility, man. You know, let him work with the guys there. You want him to run up and down the floor in practice? Fine. But I no, I don't want to see him in summer league. And I don't think we will. I don't think he needs to. Yeah, he just doesn't need to. I mean that's that's the thing about him versus Scoot and Brandon, or or more 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 versus Brandon than Scoot. He's prepared for the professional level. He's yeah. been a pro. Yeah, Brandon Miller is the one that needs seasoning at an NBA level because he hasn't had that kind of coaching. Scoot is kind of somewhere in G League. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think he needs it. So to your exact to your point, don't put don't put him at risk. I don't think we're going to see him, and I hope we don't. No, I, ho- I, I hope I see him walking on the Riverwalk. Yeah. I'll look up to him. 
Yeah. Apparently, he's coming <laughs> to town here in, a, in uh, like, 10 days. Very cool. Yeah. And there's going to be, like, a scheduled deal where everybody gets to go meet him at the airport. That's all that pretty kind of awesome. Stuff. Oh, it's totally sweet. Yeah. I'll let you know when I find out when that's going to be. We'll all go. You're inside. Maybe we'll live cast from there. Okay. That'd be dope. That could be done. Yeah. Really? Could be. All right. Exciting. Maybe we should do that. We're here at the plane. The plane's landed. It's really loud. The plane's taxi. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> oh, wait. We were told a different gate. Where the hell is it going? <laughs> I'm not. I don't think he's on spirit, guys. <laughs> you know, the other thing that happened last week is we were ending the show. We walk out of here and the world of golf, maybe the world of sport entirely, blows up with the news of the PGA Tour plus PIF combining. Uh, look, we, we wanted to have somebody on here who was an expert to tell us exactly the ins and outs of what the hell is going on, but we couldn't afford it, folks. Well, and no one really knows. Well, yeah, exactly. It there- seems like the information is leaking out so slowly. And every it's expert, very calculated, so-called expert that I listen to, whether it's on the Golf Channel or on a podcast or that I read in like a business journal, I mean, I, I just have to wonder how much they actually know and how much is conjecture. See, I don't think it's leaking out slowly. I think they're slowly working out what this is. I totally agree with the, you. And, and my, my opinion is the only reason that Jay had that very, very awkward meeting with the players was it was getting ready to be leaked, and he did have to talk to them before it got leaked. I don't know if they know what's going on. I don't and, think it's fully baked. I mean, J- Jimmy Dunn and and who's the the Saudi guy? Yeah. Yep, that's it. Sorry, I'm being offensive to your name and your culture, but I really don't remember how to pronounce it. I don't like sports washing, so. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't think we know what it's going to be. There's a lot of speculation. Am, am I the only one who was <clears throat> more surprised by the timing of it? Than anything else? No, like, you're I, not. I just don't get it. The defections to the live tour had essentially ended. Yeah, you hadn't seen a lot of people jumping ship. No, and there's the rumor, of course, that John Rom was about to get a whole bunch of money, but John Rom had already been offered a whole bunch of money. So, and he turned it down. So, I, I, the live defections had essentially ended. The live ratings were in the toilet. They had like, to pay to be on. Yeah, on their CW or whatever it was. And then be interrupted by Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just don't entirely get it, ex- timing-wise, except for to say we know now that the PGA Tour felt like they were going to be bled dry in the courtrooms, right? Yeah. And then there's, I think, a second part of that, which Jay Moynihan doesn't want to talk about, which is that if they had gone to court, I think we would have found out that they weren't operating entirely above board as a 501c3, that there may have been collusion. Like, I think that they were intimidated by what was possibly going to come out within these lawsuits. That's the only part of it that I can think would have brought them to the negotiating table because otherwise, I mean, Liv did not have much of a leg to stand on any longer. Yeah, and and to further on your question of the timing, it's in the middle of the golf season. We're, what, halfway through majors? Yeah, 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 we are. So why now? I don't understand. I don't necessarily understand it. And I will tell you that, like, my gut feeling on it is I hate an American sport getting into bed with a foreign government entity, regardless of what country it is. 
probably made worse by the fact that it is the Saudis, but I don't care if it was the Netherlands. It, it's ugly getting into bed with another government's entity. But we like the Netherlands. Wooden shoes and windmills. What's not to like? I, 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 nothing, necessarily. <laughs> but getting in bed with a, with a foreign government is a weird thing. And it is obviously a first in sport. And it worries, it should worry, if you're a tennis fan, it should worry you that the Saudis might come after Novak Djokovic and the rest of those guys next and create their own tennis tour, right? It should. Because they're private contractors in the same way that golfers are. Yeah, I mean, it's they're they're throwing a lot of money around. Whether it's this Formula One, yeah, pickleball, soccer, pickleball. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean <laughs> not pickleball. I mean, no, not no. yet. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's Saudi money, but they're soccer. They're yeah. they're in a bid for one of the Premier League teams right now. Now, owning a team doesn't gross me out nearly as much as owning the whole fucking sport. It's going to be interesting to see what plays out. Yeah, and right now I was reading this morning trying to understand what the hell's going on, and I still don't. There's a senator somewhere in in our legislature, Senate, federal Senate, that's looking into investigation of what's going on. Oh, when Brandel Chambly says, this thing ain't over yet, I completely agree with him. Oh, it's over. Oh, no. I do not think this merger is completely done yet. The DOJ is going to get involved. Well, how? Why? Why? Because you're getting... Collusion. Yeah. Antitrust. The PGA was already antitrust. Well, yeah, but they were, a, they were a 501c3, which made them kind of look like they were okay. When you become a for-profit entity and you cut everybody else out, that, that brings the possibility of an antitrust lawsuit. I do not think that this is all said and done. And by the way, let's also remember that the PGA Tour is going to try to throw as much money as they possibly can at the guys who stayed and didn't defect to live. They have we, to. They have to. Because if they don't, what happens? The players just don't play. They go, F you, we're not playing. Like, it is so easy in that sport to have a player strike. I mean, if... Rory and five other guys say, "Well, we're not playing until we get our, till we get our dough." Yeah, like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and Richie was talking this morning that they're looking at equity for these for these guys that stayed behind. I don't know. It's with the the details are still being fleshed out. I, I don't think they're leaking out. I think they're just kind of working it out, trying to figure out what to do. Well, since this was apparently done over like a round of golf and a lunch in London, I think it's safe to say that they wouldn't have their you know, their T's dotted and their I's crossed. According to the reporting at Sports Illustrated, this began at 7.10 a.m. on April 18th when Jimmy Dunn sent the WhatsApp to Yasser. WhatsApp! Then he met him in London, and then they met again in Italy, and then they met again in San Francisco? I don't know. I think, basically, they just tried to put a lid on it. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's stop this, and then we'll figure it out as we go. There's going to be... Different entities, like the PGA Tour, still going to be a not-for-profit. They are? They're going to form a new entity with Saudi that is for-profit. The profit sharing for the players that stayed will come out of that. They're going to decide what they want to do with Liv. The Shark is not going to have a job. No tear shed here. He's going to have a lot of time in the courtroom, though. I bet he comes out with legal, legal bullets firing. 
Unless they pay him enough to just go away. That's yeah. possible. Or do other things to make him go away. It is the PIF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shark attack. <laughs> no, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, it was, it's, it's kind of a... It's an ugly mark that... Uh, it's still ugly. Yeah. Um, I know everybody shits on Brandel Chambly, but um, I... I I care about the guy who actually sticks to his morals. And, like, it, I don't know. He takes a lot of shrapnel for a guy who just has an opinion and sticks to it. And, like, whether you like it or not, I kind of respect it. Yeah. Uh, but, God, does he take a lot of bullets. <laughs> um, speaking of golf, our boys, the Meisner brothers, I don't know if you're paying attention to the Corn Fairy, but they are doing really well. Uh, Mitchell had like a top 10 just the other day. Uh, Mac had a top three, I believe it was last week. Um, everybody's, they're doing great. God, I hope they go to the PGA tour. Yeah. Yeah. It's a feather in our cap. Yes, it is. Speaking of nothing. Okay, great. Did you guys see the Oklahoma softball team just (laughs) rip through the competition? Did you not pay attention to my comments last week? (laughs) I remember you saying it. Okay. But were you prepared for their post-game press conference? I was not. Where they proselytized like they were, I don't know, Jimmy Graham? I don't know. I, yeah. You didn't see it? I didn't see it yet. Okay, play it. Players, I know you talked about keeping the joy of the game, but I'm curious. It's a long season, right? And you guys have had the target on your back the entire time, the win streak being number one. How do you handle the unique pressure that comes with that? How do you keep the joy for so long when anxiety seems like a thing that could very easily set in? Well, the only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes. Um, I think Coach has said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, um, uh, just in a good mindset, uh, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we've had a lot of success this year, but if it was the other way around, uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So uh, I would, that's really the only the only answer to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you that um, because of how much failure comes in it and just how much of a roller coaster the game can be. 1,000% agree with Grace Lyons. Um, I went through that my freshman year. I I was so happy to win the college. I've talked about this before, but I was just so happy that we won the College World Series, but I didn't feel joy. I didn't have – I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do for that following week. I didn't feel filled, and I had to find Christ in that. And I think that is what makes our team so strong is that we're not afraid to lose because if it's not the end of the world if we do lose. Yes, obviously we've worked our butts off to be here and we want to win, but it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ and that's all that matters. Sorry this is kind of yeah, long, but um, keep listening. I think a huge thing that we've really just latched onto is eyes up. And you guys mm-hmm. see us doing this and pointing up, but we're really like fixing our eyes on Christ. And that's something where like they were saying, you can't find a fulfillment in an outcome, whether it's good or bad. And um, I think that's why we're so steady in what we do and, and our love for each other and our love for the game, because we know this game is giving us the opportunity to glorify God. Oh and um, I just think once we figured that out and that was our purpose and everyone was all in with that, um, it's really everyone. changed so much for us. And 
I mean, I know myself, I, I've seen so much of a growth in myself with um, once I turned to Jesus and I realized how he had changed my outlook on life, not just softball, but understanding how much I have to live for, and that's living to exemplify the kingdom. And I think that brings so much freedom. And I'm sure everyone's story is similar, but we all have those great testimonies that have really like shown how awesome it is to play for something bigger. Um, and I think that's just what brings me so much joy. And no matter the outcome, whether we get a trophy in the end or not, we're, this isn't our home. And I think that's what's amazing about it is we have so much more. We have an eternity of joy with our father. And I'm so excited about that. And yes, that'll be enough. Said, so when did Oral Roberts purchase the University of Oklahoma? That's exactly what I thought. <clears throat> I would have no problem with this if this was Oral Roberts University or Baylor or, or any private school that was a private Christian school. But this is OU. This is a state school in a post-game press conference. Okay, obviously I have my reactions as a Jew. <laughs> it kind of makes me uncomfortable, but I want to hear from you two. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot. And it's 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 and they're lockstep on it. Well, these three are. Yeah. Did remember the part where she speak? said, remember the part where she said everybody got on board? Did they? Did they? Did the what about the girls, you know, on the bench who are maybe like a little less Christian? Not even atheist or Jewish or Muslim or whatever, but like what if they were just not quite as devout as these girls? How do you think they felt? I don't know. It's a little bizarre. Go ahead, Bob, because you you looked like you were gonna fall out of your seat and pass out a couple times there. The language. I mean Great. I mean, I love the fact that you have your faith. And, and this is kind of my problem with athletes and, and, and the whole God thing. All glory goes to God. Thank God that I just caught this ball. Thank God I hit it out and, and, and it didn't go foul. Thank all glory to God. Fine. If you lost this season, would you be in a press conference going, you know, the joy is in the Lord? It doesn't matter, if, it doesn't matter that we lost 32 games straight. <laughs> the joy is in the Lord. And we praise the Lord for our losses as much as we praise the Lord for our wins. You never hear that comment. You never yeah. hear that comment. You never hear that. I That's my problem. I, 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 that is a problem. I would add another one to it. It demeans the team that you beat. Like they were less holy, right? Eh, yeah, maybe. The, there was, I don't know, do either of you guys watch Survivor no. at all? 20 years ago. So a, bu a, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of years ago, there was a contestant on Survivor. I think she was on Facts of Life. And very, very devout Tootie? Christian woman. No. Uh, <laughs> one of the Caucasian girls. Blair. Actually, I think it was. Yeah, Blair's a big uh, and, and they were and, and they were talking with her about it. And, she, and they were kind of teasing her about, you know, not teasing, but teasing her to, to say, you know, all glory to God. And she was like, you know, if... God's got more important things to do than to see if I win this game. You know, there's there's a whole lot more. And if I'm going to ask for that, I'm I'm a selfish little, you know, twit. Yeah. So that's that's my feeling on 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 all of that. That yeah, was to the, other the team. biggest proselytization that I can ever remember seeing at a post-game press conference. And that's from any school. Like if Oral Roberts had won, I might have expected it. Still, it would have been over the top, 
But to see OU do it, I don't know, man. It, it I'm sorry. I'm happy they're happy with their spirituality. But wrong place, wrong time. Keep that shit to yourselves. I'm sorry. That grosses me out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm grossed out. It, it grosses just, me out. It was just. It makes me uncomfortable. It's unexpected. Yeah. I, I'm going to preface Very. this with great, great. You have faith. I love that. You do you. Yeah. You, you go and do you. Whatever, whatever brings you peace and everything. And I know it's honestly held and, and their faith is honestly held. But is this different if this is University of Massachusetts or New York University? This is Oklahoma, which is kind of in the middle of the Bible Belt. I I would almost like to see a little bit of pushback. I would too, but there hasn't been. There there won't be, not in Oklahoma. There's not an article written. Go look. There's not an article written about, ah, girls, that was like a little bit over the top. There is plenty of Facebook posting about this. Like, way to go, girls. You know, Oh Wait. God! You know what I want to do? Talking about we talked about ChatGPT. Oh God, he says. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, you got that right. That's that's <laughs> non-religious specific. No, what I want to do is take this into chat into ChatGPT and change their words around. And it's not Christ; it's Allah. Yes, and exactly. It's, and it's and, and then it's like Islam. And then I want to see what the, the people in Oklahoma say. Exactly. And and I'm sorry, you people in Oklahoma and all across the country. If you don't react to that the same way you reacted to this, then you are a bigot a and a religionist and a hypocrite. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. That's something I thought about. And then the other thing I was thinking about is, is this some sort of a recruiting tool? Like, does OU now only recruit girls who are, you know, these kind of Bible bangers? <laughs> what, like, if you're, if you're a stud player from God knows where, from, let's just say, Massachusetts, are you like, well, OU's not going to want me because I'm not like that? I mean, you, 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 walk, you walk into your clergy's room and go, hey, Rabbi, you know, I'm getting recruited from Oklahoma. What do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me show you something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I find it so misplaced. I'm sorry. You if, know what I find yeah. interesting? Tell me. That you even found that clip. Hey, I was into the. I told you I was into the girls' softball. I told you I was. Like I enjoyed watching that team play, and had I known that they were going to do that in the press conference, I would have rooted harder against them. <laughs> I mean, they were the juggernaut. I was kind of rooting against them anyway, because they had one loss in like the last two seasons or whatever it is. I mean, who'd they lose to? I don't know. Some very lucky team. Somebody that's got a lot of joy in their heart. <laughs> God, God, God love that other team more. Yep. Yeah. Well, boys, on that note, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Me too. Yep. Hey, I enjoyed it, man. And congratulations to the Nuggets. Yeah. We have a great NBA draft and Spurs offseason to look forward to. We're going to have plenty of material this summer for us to cover. Yeah, I feel like yep. this summer is is. A positive summer. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's very different than than past summers for us. Yeah, last summer was kind of the doldrums. Yes, it was. Spurs concerned, yeah. Whew. I mean, congrat congratulations to the Nuggets, congratulations to OU, and almost congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. We're kind of getting into a little bit of a lull as we come out of these championships and these World Series before we get to what everyone really cares about. Yep. Football. NFL minicamp. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. <laughs>
<laughs> Peace. See you next week on The Unrestricted. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. I said, the groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. It feel good, don't it? It feel good. Uh-huh. It feel good because you know it's good.